0: Hi, I'm Sherry.
1: And I'm Fran.
0: And welcome to Modern Whittle Podcast, Episode 12, Pastoral Counseling. And Fran, this is exciting because we are interviewing someone that is over the pond. We are going international this week. So
1: exciting.
0: Yes. But before we introduce our very special guest, it's time for Weekend Shenanigans, Notable Events. Do you have any notable events or weekend shenanigans you would like to talk about?
1: Well, probably everyone in the whole country or world is involved in March Madness right now. I used to do a bracket, but I don't anymore. And as always, there's been some early surprises, some early exits by really good teams. But my team, which is Michigan, actually made it through the first round. So fingers are crossed and go blue. Now that's only notable because it's Michigan. The other notable event of the weekend was my sister and I only have a few first cousins left in our family. Actually, besides my sister and I, there's only three, one in California, one in Chicago, and one nearby me here in Michigan. So we do try to get together a few times a year as possible. And that's what we did on Saturday. It was beautiful out we had lunch by the water, we got caught up. And then as always happens, we launched into childhood memories about our aunts and uncles, about our cousins, about our grandparents, which led to a lot of laughter and and fun. And we realized how special those times are, because we need to do it while we can. Our numbers are dwindling. And at some point in the future, there won't be anyone to carry on these memories. So that was just a great day. And we hope to get together in the fall. How about you? What happened?
0: Well, first of all, Fran, that is wonderful. You know, when you were in Florida, and we were reminiscing about all the fun times we had in high school and stuff. It's just refreshing to talk about old times and be able to laugh. Yes. Now, I had a real big notable event yesterday. I have friends visiting from Michigan, and yesterday we went to lunch at a restaurant that's on the water. Now, this restaurant is a casual dining place, so we became quite interested in the two tables next to us when all the people were dressed up. At one table, there were young adults dressed up, and at the other table, there were middle-aged couples and an older couple who was... very dressed up. As a matter of fact, the lady had on a beautiful lace, cream colored dress, and the gentleman had on a suit. Well, of course, my interest was piqued. And so I had to go up and talk to them. I was thinking maybe it was an anniversary, or maybe they just got married. And this was a celebratory luncheon with the family. So I had to ask. And yes, this couple who are in their 80s just got married and they had been married for approximately 20 minutes when I talked to them.
1: Oh, Sherry, how sweet.
0: Yes, it it truly was. She was a widow and he was a widower and they attended the same church. And after her husband died, he started to call her up. And... Yesterday they got married. Oh my gosh. I know. And so it just goes to show that spring is in the air and love springs eternal.
1: Oh God. What, what a, what a heartfelt, touching, touching, happy story.
0: It was. And, uh, the families had just met each other because, you know, people don't necessarily live in the same community anymore. So, uh, One of the siblings was from North Carolina, and some of the grandkids were from all over the United States. And they came to honor their grandparents or their parents at this wedding party and this wedding luncheon. It was just delightful, and it made me
1: so happy. Wow. I I have goosebumps.
0: Yes, it was a very nice day. So that ends... Weekend shenanigans. I am so happy to introduce our guest speaker today, Paul Clark. And Paul is a classmate of ours from high school. Paul graduated with his bachelor's degree from Saginaw Valley in sociology. He has his MA in sociology from Central Michigan University. And he has his doctorate's degree in theology from the Assembly of God Theological Seminary in Springfield, Missouri. In the 1970s, Paul worked for four years with Teen Challenge in Germany, which is a ministry to individuals with life-controlling substances. And he also met his wife there, who was also a worker at Teen Challenge. Returning from Germany, Paul and his family lived for five years in Freeland, Michigan, where Paul planted and pastored an evangelical church. And since the 1980s, Paul and his family have lived in Germany, planting and pastoring churches with Assembly of God in four different German states, Paul speaks fluent German. And a major part of Paul's work is pastoral counseling. So Paul, welcome. And I have to say, I am so impressed that we are talking to you and you're in Germany. I'm in Florida and Fran is in Michigan. This is phenomenal.
2: This is really it's a cool. miracle. It's fantastic.
0: It's, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So welcome to our podcast.
2: Glad to be with you guys.
0: Paul, before we start on Pastoral Counseling, I am curious, and probably Fran is too, how about the COVID and the lockdown in Germany? What is going on in Europe? And specifically, since you're in Germany, what's going on in Germany right now? Well,
2: this is the thing we talk about all the time here. Probably, it's probably not any more problematic than in Michigan, as I understand the statistics in Michigan right now, which I'm from Michigan. And so what that basically means now in Germany, uh, children have gone back to school about a week and a half ago. We had uh, children not being in school for about three months. I mean, that was like the second lockdown or the third lockdown. We kind of lose track after a while. Now, stores have opened. But to go to a, just a normal store, like a shoe store, uh, you have to register ahead of time with email or you have to make a phone call so that you can go into a store at a particular time. Of course, grocery stores, pharmacies, they've been open the whole time, like in the States. Restaurants are not open. We only have uh, takeout. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's looking like we might even go into another lockdown here in Germany.
3: Uh, oh, God! So they're
2: talking about going down to a lockdown maybe with the stores closing again going and after easter the schools closing so it's it's kind of a, it's a very traumatic thing you know i mean it's um it's not simple you know our granddaughter she um when we, we we thought there might be a lockdown or there might be this closings of schools this week she almost had a meltdown my my fr- she's in first grade you know because the teacher was starting to warn her that we might have a school closing but um you know other than that um you know also, also the ruling is now we can have 3 people outside of our family come into our home now when the last lockdown was there's only you could have only one extra f- person come to your home who is not a part of your family. I mean, I'm talking oh. about not family. I mean, just one extra person. You know what I mean? Think wow. children under six were not included. And so, if we go back to that situation, and that's why my wife and I, we, you know, we get a little bit of cabin fever. That's for sure. But through my work, I do a lot with Zoom and. that kind of thing. But still, there's no substitute for the real thing. Wow.
1: Well, Paul, our episode, this week's episode is entitled Pastoral Counseling. We know as a pastor, you wear many hats, so to speak. Could you tell us a little about your experience with grief counseling in particular?
2: Well, I don't really have, I mean, the thing is, in all my pastorates, you know, you have loved ones who pass away. So, you know, you provide You provide a listening ear. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that I do in general in counseling is listening to people. And this is a problem we have in our society because people don't really listen. I mean, not they don't really listen. And right now, for example, I've actually had conversations with three different ladies who have lost their husband the last few years. One just lost her husband just three weeks ago. So I was on the phone with her last night. And um, so it's just trying to encourage them and listening to them. And, you know, one of the things I like to quote from, if I can do that here, if I can find that I wrote something down that actually, it's interesting, it's a a quote from Blaise Pascal, who actually lived in the 17th century. He was a French scientist, mathematician, and a philosopher. And this is, of course, because I am a Christian pastor, so this is sort of my feeling as I'm I'm sharing with people going through grief. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man and woman. Woman, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God, the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. And various, and of course, one of the things I do, prayer is a part of it too. And I don't know if you are aware of it or your listeners are aware of it. There have been really scientific studies done on prayer that actually prayer helps people to recover from mental illness, from physical ailments. It really helps people. They recover in a, in a more speedy way. And I'll say something about prayer. You know, somebody once asked somebody, well, does prayer, do you really gain anything by prayer? And someone responded this way, and this is how I feel. Nothing, but let me tell you what I lost. Anger, ego, grief, depression, insecurity, and fear of death. And sometimes the answer to our prayers is not gaining, but losing, which is ultimately the gain. So, you know, I do pray with people, encourage them to do that. Of course, I do encourage people. It depends, too. Some people prefer to be in a support group, and some people don't, which is okay. And that's another thing I want to say, and that's what I have observed. There's no one way to deal with grief. And there are some people that think like there's a timeline. There's no timeline. If you lose a part of your heart, there's no timeline. And I think that helps me to understand and to be compassionate. And um, I'm thinking of another one of the ladies that actually, um, she's a business lady. She lost her husband a few years ago. And with her, you know, she's very happy that she has her business that helps her. But she's she still, I'm mean, after three or four years, there's just waves of, of grief that she has to deal with. And, you know, we speak on the phone from time to time. And actually she's seeing, I think it's the whole time, three or four years, she's also seeing a professional counselor. So it kind of, you know, just, there's different aspects of this whole thing. So I, I don't have all the answers, but I know listening is important. I know prayer is important. And I know it's important for people... To not just go turn inward—that's one of the most dangerous things. Just to go inward. It's important to reach out to friends, to family, if it's possible, to um, loved ones. You know, and that really helps also because if we, if we, if, if you're dealing with grief and you go too much inward, that does lead to depression. So I'm preaching here. I can tell you guys can tell already. I'm a preacher. I just talk.
1: <laughs> you already touched on a, a few of the things that I was going to cover in my next question. Um, Sherry, did you have something to add? Well,
0: I really liked what you said about prayer. And you might not gain anything, but you certainly can lose anger, the fear of death, hopefully some of the grieving could go yes, away. Yes. You know, that that was very touching, Paul. I liked I like that explanation of prayer.
1: So Paul, what, as far as what you can offer people that are in the grieving process, how do you think your guidance differs um, from traditional grief counseling?
2: That's a really a very difficult question. I really don't know because, you know, I don't really deal with what others do. I mean, I hear, I read a little bit about it, but because I know the people that I counsel with, they, they do different things. Well, For example... There's a lady that, this is really tragic. I mean, I can mention her name because it doesn't really bother her to say that. Gabby, she lost her husband last year. Just at the, He was just 51 years of age, suddenly passed away. And I did the funeral. And like a week later after I did the funeral, she turned 50. So I've been on the phone with Gabby quite a bit in the last year or so. And she has two teenage daughters. And so, you know, she's also part of a faith group. Uh, but sometimes I sense with her, she has a little more difficulty being in a group, you know, so I'm trying to encourage her to kind of get back in the group a little bit. I mean, I can only encourage and I know she's seeing also a professional counselor. And one thing that helps her, she has two or three close friends that she does spend time talking about her loss. So I don't, I don't know if I'm really answering your question here, Fran, because I, I don't consider myself a specialist, but I know I've tried to encourage people who are grieving. And actually, that's a little bit about my personality. My My mission statement is to be an encourager. It's kind of like a cheerleader. Remember, you guys were both cheerleaders back in high school. No, I'm, I'm, I'm out yes, you guys we here were. for everybody, but they were, yes, they were we great cheerleaders. It. They did some great stuff. And in a way, I feel like, and then my mission statement is to encourage those who encourage others or encourage those who encourage others and also encourage those who need encouragement. So eventually they will encourage others. So what you two ladies are doing, and I think it's phenomenal. You're a cheerleader, you're an encourager for your your listeners. And uh, that's all part of the process. People that are listening to this podcast, I think that's so important. I was just amazed that you guys pulled it. They're doing this. So I, you know, I'm not answering your question. I'm just kind of talking a lot. There, but I think there is pastoral care is important, you know, or somehow if, if people are Jewish, then they need to talk to, they need to, talk to their rabbi. I maybe mean, they haven't done it for a long time. And some people actually, when they go through loss, then they will go maybe for the first time, speak with the pastor, speak with their, their rabbi or their priest, which is not a bad thing. I would encourage everyone to do that.
1: Well, I thoroughly agree. I love what you said. I think in our own way, I agree that Sherry and I are still cheerleaders. We do want to encourage uh, people who are going through the grieving process because we've gone through it ourselves and possibly one little nugget of encouragement or, or information might just help one more person. But Paul, could you touch on the value of having a sense of community uh, that a place of worship can offer as far as comfort.
2: What I like about the faith community is that it's diverse, you know, from age groups, because as we all get older, we tend to relate to maybe only one, you know, age group. And I'm thinking if you're down in Florida, but I mean, I know you're on vacation, you're not in a senior center, uh, senior citizen center, but uh, that's what you have different ages. So when you go into church or you go to your synagogue or wherever there might be some little kids running around which is great you know some people get upset when kids run around make noise i love it you know as a pastor i mean there's something going on i'm that's just the way it's got to be and then then there's those relationships you'll you'll build with others and just seeing others even though sometimes it's not going to be a long talk might be somebody might just put their shoulder well hand on your shoulder i guess we can't do that during this corona time but but we need that Um, we need it together we are much stronger than alone. I mean, this to- togetherness, I think that's the key you know, you guys were cheerleaders together. You guys had a, your own little—well, uh, it was a great thing what you guys did as a team. And, I, and there's something about that being together. I think you know, faith community is like being on a team. Togetherness, and I know that's one of the difficulties too for some people when they have loss. I don't want to see anybody. I, I, I just, I just, you know. But but that's all part of the process somehow. Trying to gradually do that. And interestingly enough, the lady that just lost her husband of f- almost 50 years three weeks ago, Margot. And she also also has a small business. And actually the last few months her husband has been in hospice. So she really hasn't had much connection to the church there. And she even said, was very honest, Paul, my faith is wavering right now. And I said, you know, Margot, that's understandable what you've gone through because her husband had cancer for such a long period of time. And, uh, but you know, the funny thing is she said, you know, Paul, I'm gonna to go to church next week. And I said, Marco, just go to church don't don't worry about what you don't feel or think just and next but it's part of the process, you know
0: I was just going to say, Paul, I like how you express yourself and how your positive outlook it does help when you are around people. I remember that I in the beginning, after my husband passed, I closed myself in. I didn't want to see anybody because I would cry. I stopped all the organizations that I belonged to. I just quit because every time I would go to a meeting, people would say, how you doing? And I would <laughs> cry and I didn't want to make anybody else feel bad. So I stopped all of that. And then I figured out that I was getting depressed. And so connecting with people, like you said, going to church, even if you don't see say anything to anyone, just to be around people. And of course, with COVID, this has really been a stressful time for people who have lost a loved one, I'm sure.
1: Yes, I, I, I agree, Cher. I guess one of the things that's helped me ever since Skip passed away is I am a friendly, outgoing person, even if I was in an area where I didn't know anyone I found myself talking to complete strangers, and by the end of the conversation, I was sharing stories about him, and we were all laughing. Again, laughter, sense of humor, smiling, just happiness. It helps so much to, to get us all through that.
2: That's great. And by the way, when you said that about the laughing and the, that part, there's, I just had I thought about our conversation And, uh, you know, we're all, well, let's admit it. We're senior citizens, right? We don't want to admit that, but we really are. I know they say, you're as young as you feel. I do feel young, but still age-wise, I'm a senior citizen. But we all can remember back to 1965 when um, there was one of the most popular songs was done by the birds. And the song's title was, There is a Season, Turn, Turn, Turn. And it's interesting for me as a pastor, Like that's the only number one song that I know of that was the text came directly, the lyrics came directly from the Bible. Old Testament Uh Ecclesiastes, actually written by Solomon, the wise Solomon. And I just want to read just like three sentences here because I think that fits in what you just shared, Fran. And this is actually this I'm actually reading from the Bible, but you can you can listen to the song. You might want to just Maybe you guys can put that in your podcast sometime. That'd be great. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to dance, and and, and a time to mourn. Now, I think most of your listeners have done the mourning part and the grieving part. But actually, I would like to leave this one thought somehow try to figure out how you can laugh. Of course, this podcast is really great if you need time to laugh. I mean, you guys are stand-up quality. I mean, I think you guys, maybe that's the next thing you guys could do. Like, do stand-ups, you know, like this, this... Sherry and Fran, that sounds cool, or Fran and Sherry, I don't know which way you yeah. do it but that's what I, I like this that I would like to encourage your listeners, just find times to laugh, you need to laugh, and find times to dance, and if you dance by yourself you dance with your grandchild, you dance with your dog, your poodle, like in Sherry's case, if you just dance that's good, but but it's interesting that the wise Solomon, you know that he wrote these words almost 3,000 years ago, and that's our life it's, there's a the time for mourning there's a the time for grief, but there is a time for dancing and there's a time to laugh
1: this has been great paul i wish people knew uh how good of a friend you are how funny you are how intelligent you are we know that from from being with you in school but I, we just want to thank you so much this this was great
2: it's been a pleasure and you guys i want you to keep up the good work keep on keeping on and think seriously about the stand-up thing
0: <laughs> oh we have well as a matter of fact, a matter of fact. we we have <laughs> Oh, thank you again, Paul. This was a very special episode and you are special and thank you so much. And I'm so happy this worked because you're in Germany, which I can't quite wrap my head around yet, but it did work. So thanks again. You guys have
2: a great day. Thanks, Paul. God bless.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We want to thank our EP for her continued expert advice and critiques of our podcast. Many thanks to Park North Studios for mixing our audio. And many, many thanks to our very special guest, Paul Clark, for making this episode so informative, beneficial, and special. And of course, we want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in every week.
1: Speaking of uh, tuning in every week, um, next week's episode is going to be entitled A Discussion on Suicide Prevention. And we are once again going to have a special guest um, who is a professional in that field from the University of Michigan. Also, just a note on future episodes, we really want to encourage listeners to submit ideas for future podcasts. Um, Sherry, do you want to tell them how they can do that?
0: Absolutely. If you would like to write a comment or make any suggestions regarding our podcast, you can email us at modern.widdle.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, modern.widow.podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to our podcast on the following apps. Anchor, who is our sponsor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. I'm Sherry.
1: And I'm Fran. And remember, till next time, the road ahead will always be under construction. So watch out for the potholes. See ya. Bye-bye.